the discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Cal Moquez. Thank you for tuning in again to the Astral Mind Podcast. Now, in this episode, you'll notice things are a little bit different. I've changed the setup, the, you know, the scenery behind us. No more of the cosmic background that we're used to. But uh, there are going to be a few changes going forward, and I'll talk about those as we go through. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you so much for the support. I've got new Patreons uh, that I'm really excited for. Thank you guys for your support. Um, as we get toward the end of the podcast, I'll bring you guys up and like, that'll be the credits for the video. So I really appreciate you guys support. You're the ones that's keeping this going, honestly. Um, and thank you for everyone that's been reaching out, telling me that they, they love the formats and the new, the new content. So I see you guys. Uh, I'm here with you. Uh, and so today I have a guest that's been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time. Uh, my man, Mr. Business, I, I saw him, I think, the first podcast episode. He said he wanted to speak, and it's just taken months to get us here, but we're here. He's a filmmaker. He's a spiritual connoisseur like myself. Uh, he's into several different movements, especially like the biker movement, so he's really into the cinema and expressing art through that medium. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk to him about that. We may get into some weird things, um, just because it's a weird podcast, so... <laughs> as we move forward so i just want to introduce mr business how are you doing sir why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself well hello everyone um i am feeling great today um again my name is mr business um i have been in the film world for about eight years now um i started off on the music videos because that's why i had a passion i love i love music music to me it just moves the soul but somewhere down the line <clears throat> I got connected to dirt bikes and ATVs, um, not more so the motorcycle world, but more so the dirt bikes. And I got connected with that community and just vibing out with them and seeing how much of an impact that they have in the world and how much of an impact they have in their communities. Something that I wanted to show the world, like these guys are good people, but the way the media is painting these people, um, I didn't really like it too much, but they were painting them as negative people. And, I seen the good in every single one of them. So I wanted to pursue that. So pursuing that for years has got me to a place of, uh, I got into like the, the spirit world from my own instance. I got, ended up getting, I got into a huge accident where I was end up, I ended up getting shot in the face and it, it turned my whole life around for the better. It got me on a, um, a different journey, got me 
asking circles questions, trying to figure out like why, what, what was my purpose even being here? What was, uh, what was I doing? And um, my whole life has changed, and then all the questions I was asking, I ended up running into one of your pages, one of your, one of your videos, and the things you were saying, it, uh, it resonated deeply with me. Like, oh, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm experiencing. So I kind of gravitated to you naturally. You actually became like a, a online spirit guy. You didn't even know it. It's like, I'm like, yo, I'm learning so much from it. So I would do things that you were saying. So um, all in all, I am just a person who loves to see other people succeed. I love to create through my films. Um, I just want to see a big change in the world. And I'm just using my craft, these cameras, to make it happen. And while doing it in a a good space where I'm realizing the followers that I have, I have a huge influence on them. And it's more than just having followers and having all these people behind you. Instead of just posting content that's just like, hey, look at this. It'll get you likes, it'll get you comments. But how is it actually helping the people? Mm-hmm. What is the message behind here? So... Right now, at this point, it's like I'm playing a game of this world and this world, trying to mix the two, uh, giving a good positive message while being entertaining, yeah. kind of spoon feeding people. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. It's a difficult thing because, I mean, social media alone is it's it's already a, a medium of entertainment. Like that's that's the first thing that people see, but like film especially. I'm I'm a movie dude. I love films. I shoot, man. I <laughs> some of the best moments I have, some of the most inspirational moments have been from the different movies that I've seen. Uh I think back to like Avatar, like James Cameron. Uh I think to uh I don't know, this is gonna sound silly, but the have you seen Into the Spider Verse, the new one? Oh sure. well it's it's came out a couple years ago now, but uh it's like Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, oh, the cartoon with, one. Yeah, yeah, with Miles Morales. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Oh, it was excellent. The scene where he like finally, uh, you know, like takes that leap of faith. It's yeah. an excellent scene. Like the music they use, like how they like intermix the different like memories that he's having as he's going through it. It's like he's coming into his own. And there's a part of that in that scene where he's asking uh, the the like original Spider Man. He's like, "When do you know? Like, when, when am I gonna know I'm Spider Man?" And uh, you know, Spider Man says to him that's just the thing like it's just a leap of faith like yeah. you just you just do it and uh it's like scenes like that where you're learning something but it's also visually entertaining yeah. like stuff like that is why i love film is why i want to get into stuff like that um and so like i told you before the podcast started so i've got this film and so i'm bringing it to the to okay. the producer i've got this movie idea that's um, and I've written a good amount of pages of the script so far, but it's one where I want to incorporate the Akashic records again, like that teaching of like what that's like accessing that. And uh, if you're unaware, I hear a lot of people talk about the Akashic records as like a library. And this idea is just analogous of what it actually is. Like it's, it's just an analogy. Um, The Akashic records is a social memory construct of all of human experience, you know, like past, present, future. It's just a, a construct where that information is held. And so you would call it a library because libraries function like that. Um, in this story, 
I wanted it to be about um, people who can access the Akashic Records uh, and how they're going about doing that when different organizations are coming to stop them from doing that. Because when you have all the information, it's difficult to keep, you know, capitalism or, you know, uh, businesses running properly when people see the future and can, like, kind of mix it up. I I think a lot of the lines, uh, it falls in the lines of Jumper, that movie, uh, came out a long time ago about dudes teleporting and how there was just an organization. I was like, yeah, you guys can't do this. And they're just coming after them because it's like, you know, yeah. no one should have these powers. You know, Samuel was in there. Uh, so it, it kind of would follow along that same line. Um, Quick question. Is the Akashic Records, is it kind of like uh, the Matrix when they went into that big white room and they just think of certain things and things just come to them? Because I've heard someone else, uh, one of my friends, he's, uh, he meditates heavily. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, he business his Akashic Records is always a white space room. Mm. They said they just come to him like I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. I haven't understood that. So I'm asking is that like the same type of feel for you or is it something completely different? I personally haven't been there often enough. Um, I would say just from what I've heard from other people that's how it can be presented. Like you know when they were in the right room and he's like guns, lots of guns and his, yeah. you know the guns come up. Um, I've heard that in several different instances, uh, listening to another podcast or with somebody who was taking, uh, I forget it was like ayahuasca, but he says in that experience, um, that after, you know, the transition from just taking it to being at the highest point of the experience, he said that once he had gotten there to the highest point, uh, he was in a white space and it was nothing. But in that nothingness was infinite possibility. And he said he could ask for things and it would appear. Or he was like, oh, how do I improve my business? And like a projection would show up with him doing exactly what he needed to do. Right. And so like I, I could see it being like that because the, the Akashic Records is just a record of all information pertaining to this human experience that we're having. Yeah. So I could definitely see that. Um, like guys like Edgar Casey, the psychic. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been reading The Law of One recently. And uh, there's mention of Edgar in there. And uh, so if you don't know what the law of one is, uh, uh, you might. I'm not sure. And uh, listeners, viewers might. The law of one is a a series of books um, that are channeled messages from an entity named Ra, the same entity that met the Egyptians. Uh, it's like a, an extra dimensional being is channeled through uh, a woman in a group. And this group is like transcribing this message and asking questions uh, using several techniques uh, that I've been trying to teach myself how to use and kind of get the experience for so I could do the same thing. And uh, there are a few people who've been on this podcast that I'm practicing that with. So I'm really excited to see how that goes. Um, But yeah, it's a channeled message. And in this message, uh, the questioner or the hypnotist asks, he asks the channeler, um, what about Edgar Casey? Is he channeling like we're channeling right now? And the entity said, no, he's accessing the Akashic records, your social memory construct. Um, and so it's like, you can discern things about the future from the Akashic records simply because it, the information is already there outside of time. It's like outside of this construct of time that we exist in, everything has already happened. Everything is in a superposition. It's it's already there. You know, you can see past, future, uh, present 
all the same, just like looking at a picture. Uh, the same way that, that we look at things when we're editing a video, we already see how things have gone. Like I can skip to the front, skip to the back, cut it, do, do whatever. Um, and that's much the same way as the Akashic Records, how it would look uh, or how how you would experience that information. I just think it's interesting that it's a white room that you could just call the information. I actually think it works better than having to sift through various information because when I go, there's a ton of information. There's a ton of just stuff. It's like events, things happening, and I get pulled into something. <laughs> uh, you know, and so it, it would be easier to have that level of control. And like you said, he meditates a lot, so uh, that would make a lot of sense. It's but, different. It's crazy. The guy I was talking about is uh, he changed his name to Atum Ra. Oh, it's crazy, right? Interesting. It, it, I'm looking up. It's crazy. It just makes sense. Mm. So now I understand more where that Ra came from. Right. That's dope. Yeah. All right. So is that the same, the same guy that you're hanging out with when you had that like telepathic connection? Yes. Yes. It's Tell not, me no, no, about that's, that. That's, that's another one. You that's got a lot of spiritual friends. I'm glad to be I, one of them. I have, I, I have two. Uh, okay. One, one of my spiritual friends I've met, I've known through bikes, mm -hmm. and a lot of people. All right, get down, but I gotta focus. Thank you, man. One of my guys. Uh, it's crazy. The first spiritual guy that I've met, I didn't know he was spiritual all these years until recently. I did a documentary with him, and he's one of the guys in the bike world that's. Uh, like one of the guys that's well known, um, probably 300, 400,000 followers. Mm. He gets on a bike and he's very uh, aggressive. You look at him, Willie, and you think he's going to go down, he's going to fall at any given time. He had you on edge. Style is immaculate. He went in prison for a while and he got out, and I'm talking to him and just shooting a documentary with him. And I'll always tell my wife, like, for some reason, this is the only person I always have a problem interviewing. I've never had a problem talking to anyone and speaking with them, getting the best out of the conversation. But with him, it was like it was always something beneath the surface. I, ne I never could figure it out until the documentary was over. And I came to his house one day and I looked at him. He was already there. I pulled up. He was in the car. He was like, I knew you, I knew you would be here at this exact moment. I was here, I was looking at three different scenarios before you got here. And he started saying things to me. I was like, he sent me the, uh, he sent me an eye in a text, just the one eye. And I was like, wait, you get it? And then he was like, yeah. So I was like, so this is why I couldn't get none of the conversations with you because you were already spiritually connected differently. But when he's around the people, he's like, he plays a different game as he's explaining these things to me I'm like he's very spiritual he uh, after that conversation I had with him he said sometimes he'd just sit in his room and he would just hover over his body just washing around playing around flying in his room I said what? I was like this is me. I've been trying to do this for like three months he was like yo you got it he uh, he started breaking down different ways on how to do it so he was kind of like yo you, you all, we all have the ability to do it hmm. so He's the one that always said to me, uh, I'm the glitch in the matrix. I'm a glitch in the matrix. And it made so much sense after a while. That's one friend. The other friend, he's just pure spiritual. He loves uh, healing people. So he, he's, uh, when he, he got into a really, really bad accident around the same time I got into my incident. Mm 
Mm-hmm. He was almost crushed by two two tractor trailers. His body was like split, uh, type of surgery. He said yeah. this was going on. He was looking at himself mm-hmm. in the accident. And he said somehow he came back in. He's like he knew exactly what to do. He was like he didn't want to take any surgery. He's like he knew how to bring his body back because he's seen everything on how they do it. Like uh, when he was outside of his body, so he's seen how what needs to be done. So he's a more of a healer, uh, a natural healer. He just got a lot of information on like using uh, a lot of sea moss, different. Uh, I'm saying it right, Ricky, Richie, Ricky, yeah. All these different type of natural plants, he just getting information. He just helping so many different people. And I told him, like, you are a natural healer. Whatever information you got, you are a healer for this world. Mm-hmm. And everything he's been giving people, it's been helping. But uh, that psycho, that that psychological, not telepathic uh, situation that I had wasn't with him. It was with Mikey, which is the other guy I was talking about. Mm-hmm. We were in a room one day. And we were having a deep conversation with him and one of his spiritual friends. Mind you, these spiritual guys are straight hood people. Like, they're in the middle of the hood, but they're spiritual. Mm-hmm. Just make it so interesting to me because people look at them, their perception of who they are and where they're from. But deep down within, these guys are great souls mm-hmm. that have been been through so much drama that the, the good people, that good soul has been turned to something completely different that the world... Um, kind of used to mm-hmm. so he's having a conversation he's speaking with me and my ears are ringing extremely loud it sounds like i was trying to astro project mm-hmm. um like uh i read that when people ask, try to ask project you might hear like train sounds whatever you get loud hearing i got a glimpse of that while awake I'm sitting there listening it was like a loud pitch sound like even now it's like there's a loud pitch sound but it was like, like Tom's tent. And as it's happening, I swear I saw him and his friend. It's like they kind of like slowed down immediately. And I had these messages coming to coming to me. And I was like, he's saying this, but he's speaking for himself. And I, I laid down like three different things. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right fast. Are you saying this, this, that, and this? He's like, it's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's exactly what I'm saying in my mind. I was like, so that telepathic stuff works. He was like, yes, it does. And I did it on him because he did it to me three months ago. I was sitting here somewhere in the basement. I was sitting there out of nowhere. I was like, yo, I got to call Mikey. Called him. He was like, I was waiting for your call. I was like, what are you talking about? You like, I was trying something. And I was like, oh, so that telepathic stuff really works. He was like, yeah. So that's how I know this stuff works for sure. Because I, I literally experienced it explaining it to people around it's like it's kind of tough because they, they may look at you like you're crazy or whatever i'm like you know what i don't even of care course. anymore i just yeah. i speak the truth you know and but, that's that's always how people are it's, it's because it's not naturally accepted and like yeah. stuff like that happens man i, I i've talked about my mentor on this uh on this podcast before uh, on this channel definitely and it was that same sort of like weird scenario um I remember the first time it happened to me, I already knew he had this ability, but when someone tells you they can do something, like it doesn't mean as much until it's like, it happens. You're like, oh, okay, so this is legit. Uh, and there was one instance where uh, 
we we had met up together and he was just like giving me life advice you know like mentors do you know like this this and that and you know you conduct yourself spiritually like this and the whole time i'm thinking because i i was i was a young dude back then i was probably like uh 18 19 back then um and like he was about my age now like uh like 28 29 now and I was like, this guy doesn't want to hang out with me. Like, he doesn't want to be doing this. Like, he'd rather be somewhere else. In my head, thinking this, not giving anything away. I was just chilling, just talking normally. Uh, I was just listening to what he was saying. Uh, just looking at him like receptive. Yeah, but in my mind, I was like, oh, he doesn't want to do this. Like, why am I wasting his time? Like, this is pointless. And he stopped what he was saying mid-sentence. And he was like, hey, if I didn't want to be doing this with you, I wouldn't be. And then he went right back to what he was saying. <laughs> I said that one of your videos. I remember, I remember yeah. hearing that. I remember hearing that. And and when I tell you that caught me off guard. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> that that's, that doesn't like creep you out initially, but it's like, oh, this is deep. Like people are really mm. powerful to do these types, these type of things, you know. And it's like what he could do was just a product of meditation. I remember he said one day that he just started meditating. He just started sitting and quieting his mind and then all the weird things started happening like you know seeing entities and like after projection he just knew how to do it and and that's the thing about meditation that i'm starting to learn more of is that when you sit and get quiet that's when you get information because like think about our minds as earth think about uh, our brains as like the earth so the the matter you know the the muscle of our brains is earth and the different levels of our atmosphere are, let's say, the levels of consciousness that you can go through, right? And there's a ton of stuff going on in the air all the time, a ton of noise blocking you from space or that supreme consciousness, right? And as you quiet the mind, you move higher up into these areas of the atmosphere until you reach space. The quieter your mind is, the closer you are to that super consciousness space. And that's where all the information is. That's where the higher self is. So, absolutely. And all it, it, quieting the mind is how you do it. And I don't think quieting the mind is, uh, I've debated with people a lot about this. I don't think it's silencing every thought 100% every time. There are people that do that, and it is possible. It's just damn hard to do, you know? It's, I can honestly say that because, I don't mean to cut you off, because it's, I can honestly say, a meditative experience. I personally haven't experienced consciously like me actually out of my body, except when I got when I got shot, mm. and a couple other times me in the house. But meditating, well, astral projecting, that silencing of the mind that happened a few times where I'm just either meditating, astral, trying to astral project, and things just get completely quiet, and I don't hear or feel any thoughts I've never experienced a type of silence like this except maybe three times and it was kind of almost like oh where am I type type vibes mm-hmm. what I'm, what's going on because I've never experienced the silence that the darkness and silence I experienced to hear any thoughts you just feel it's like you, you, you're just there mm-hmm. if I can get there most like if I can I have to meditate more to get back to that space because you saying it, I've been there. And that feeling is like, it's hard to really articulate with words 
but I felt like pure Jane, like the purest of love during those moments, hmm. pure silence. And once you, once I realized that I'm there, and I, my consciousness comes back, then you start analyzing your thoughts. Then I, oh. I felt my body. I'm like, how do I get back there again? What I'm you're like, describing is that's right there where it's at. Like that's like we're we're talking about this thing, and a lot of people think that like they're it's different like they're different modes of it yeah. but meditation at its simplest and you can look up different gurus like sad guru or you can even look up uh, uh swami yukteswar and like uh you know all those other like kriya yogis and and things like that and you'll find that meditation is actually quite simple i'm i'm sure you've heard the saying keep it simple stupid like it's actually quite simple when you so meditation has a few different stages as i've been learning it and the first stage is contemplation. It's where you're just sitting with the thoughts, right? You know they're there, and you and you begin to concentrate, right? And you just begin to hold your mind fixed like a laser, right? So your mind is very powerful. You're, you're thinking about all sorts of things all the time, and that's disturbing your brainwave frequency if we wanted to get really technical about it. The more focused you are, the faster your brain waves are moving. So, because you're 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 making a, a laser out of the light of your mind, right? So it, your brain shines like a light, from what I've experienced. Like all sorts of thoughts, you're you're dispersed. But when you focus, you bring it into a laser. And when you do that, you're one step closer to having no thought. One thought is close to no thoughts. So, oh. the the laser is where you want to get. That's why meditation starts with contemplation. You'll see oftentimes people say, you know those thoughts you're having in your head when you're meditating? Just validate them for a minute. Just, oh, I got to do this. I got to go there. So-and-so wants to talk to me. Think about it for a minute. Understand it. And then let it go. Like, okay, I understand this. I got it. And then let it move by. Then you can practice your uh, vipassana. And, you know, where you're just like letting the thoughts come and go. Right? Uh, but when you can focus your mind on a saying, a lot of times you'll see in Kriya Yoga, they'll, you know, put their hands on their heart here and they'll say, not Kriya, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Kundalini Yoga. For all the people who are listening to this for the podcast, uh, I put my hand over my heart chakra uh, just to describe different Kundalini exercises where you're moving yourself out, focusing on your aura. You see uh, Russell Brand talk about this a lot. But what will happen is you'll say a mantra to yourself. The importance of the mantra, I am, I am, I am. The importance of the mantra is to keep your mind focused like a point. And then eventually the words I am won't mean anything. Like I'm sure you've gotten to the point where you say a word over and over again and then it stops having meaning. Yeah. It's just, it's just that weird feeling of just like, what am I even saying? It's like it doesn't make any sense yeah. anymore. And that's exactly where you want to get that that feeling of like. Uh, what's his name? Alan Watts. I love Alan Watts. He talks about this a lot. Um, the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Hare. That sort of thing that the that they sing. Uh, I, I believe it's Buddhists that sing that. Maybe maybe Hindu. I'm not sure. Um, the reason for them doing that is because after a while, it's just craziness. There's nothing. You're not thinking anything anymore. You kind of like, you know, kind of buzz your brain out. Just like saying a word over and over again, like alphabet, alphabet, it, it'll stop having a meaning. And that's that, so much sense. Remember the movie Soul? Yeah. Yeah. When this may sound weird, but I've been down here 
And after seeing that movie Soul, after watching my friend the two rock, he'd go into a meditative state where he just would, the mantra, he'd repeat the mantras left and right. But then I look at him like, yo, he's not here. Like his body and mouth is moving, but you can tell consciously he's somewhere else. I've experienced that like editing where I hear certain music and I'm just vibing. Next thing you know, I'm vibing after a while. And it's like, yo, 10 minutes that went by, it doesn't even feel like I was here. Mm. felt like I was somewhere else because I was so deeply involved into whatever I was doing. It was like time didn't exist. And I say this all the time, when you're doing something to love, time does not exist. Because you get so deeply into something that it becomes like a mantra, almost. Like you're so into it. Things slow down. And I felt my heartbeat slow down to the point where I'm working, where I can feel my heartbeat. And to some extent, I can almost control it. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I want to, I'm telling myself, heartbeat, slow down. And I've done, I don't even come off track a little bit, but I've done this. I went to the dentist and they hooked up the monitor to me. I wonder whatever the monitor was. And I was watching the heartbeat. This is when I just started meditating. I just started getting this process. And at one point, I felt my, I can feel my heartbeat. Like, it was, felt like it was coming out of my chest. I looked down, it felt like you could just, you could see it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is dope. I'm not scared of it anymore. So at the dentist, I watched the heart monitor and I told her, I was like, I'm going to make my heartbeat drop down very low. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, watch this. I looked at it and I was I was so still, just breathing. And you can see the heart monitor just go, dee, dee, dee. And it got down to almost like 30, 30. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, Told you I was making my heartbeat slow down. And it came back up immediately. She was just like, how'd you do that? I was like, focus on your breathing. And then you put mm-hmm. my awareness here. Yeah. So this stuff is real. This yeah, stuff yeah. Is real. There, there's a lot of, that's crazy, man. There, there's a lot of, um, and I love this so much, how like science meets these spiritual concepts. And uh, and people have this idea is like all oh, science is always against spirituality. It's like well, science began as a pursuit to understand these metaphysical things. It's, it's science is basically just understanding, it's like understanding of what we of what we see. It's a discovery. Yeah. But like, uh, there's an institute called um, I believe it's called Heart Math Institute. But it basically, uh, and I'm I'm going to be butchering this because I don't have like their like mission statement right in front of me but uh, they've done research where they've studied people who have gone into deep meditation and their the rhythms of their heart slow and they beat in such a rhythm that the frequency that their heart gives off when it beats reaches their brain activates their pineal gland and gives them an amazing like transcendental experience but you have to slow your heart down to that like that quiet rhythm because when your heart is beating faster, it's like, imagine if somebody was in a puddle of water stomping their feet. It's like waves are going to be everywhere and they're going to be crashing into each other. But if you were just tapping the water, ripples were going out, the ripples would be in sync and it'd be able to reach that spot. And so I find that stuff so interesting um, when you actually discover that. And uh, Joe Dispenza is another guy. He wrote the book uh, Becoming Human, uh, Becoming Superhuman and uh, You Are the Placebo. And he basically just talks about the nature and the power of our minds and that uh, most people don't know, but the pharmaceutical company is competing with people's ability to heal themselves by placebo. 
And that's the thing because it, it like 40 to 50% of the time people will be fine. If you give them a sugar pill, they just have to think it's going to work and it works. That's the research. And that's crazy. And that like at all of religion, all of like the faith healing and all that stuff, there has to be some merit to it because people actually get healed. And I've met people that actually get healed. Now it sounds crazy. Right. But I was, I was Christian before moving more into like Gnostic mysticism and all that. So uh, I had a buddy of mine back in the day who was blind in one eye and had a degenerative spine disorder. I forget exactly what the name of that is. Um, wasn't uh, blind in one eye. Yeah. 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 So, and he just, you know, totally blind in that eye was projected to die at like 31. Um, just because of how like his, his spine was degenerating holes were forming in his spine. And, uh, it was, it was crazy the uh, the disease he has, um, and he went to a prayer service, a, like a worship service. Um, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, they said like, uh, this group of people he went to see, they said like, no one's leaving here sick, you know, no one's leaving here diseased. You know, they just released that like frequency, that, that, that frequency of love and healing. And I saw him after that occasion at another prayer night, like another like worship session between just like youth and stuff. And we're worshiping, doing our thing, music's playing, and all of a sudden I hear him scream. Um, not like a, oh, hey, how's it going? Like a, oh, my guy. But like a scream like he was in pain. Like uh, like blood curdling, just, ah, you know, like something was happening. And I run over to him because he was a, a good friend of mine. I'm like, well, what's going on here? People are starting to gather around. And he's like, I can see through my eye. Like, I can see through the eye. And, like, I covered up the eye that he couldn't see through, put put numbers up, and he could see. And and it was absolutely insane. And uh, he got the the x-rays from his doctor and things like that. I don't, I didn't follow up on him with that, but I remember him telling me that the results were, like, his spine was fine. Uh, now, I wouldn't go and, like, hey, don't go to the doctor, like, you know, do it yourself sort of thing. I wouldn't tell people that because everybody's got their own journey and, you know, their own lessons to go through, but after you know somebody is blind in one eye and they're not anymore, it's just, it's just crazy. You know, it's just like, you get this thought, you're like, man, this, this thing is real. Like, so so something actually happens. And I think like meditation is the the core of that. Definitely. That, that alone started my journey because I'm, I was basically blind in this eye. If I close my eye right now, there's a big black hole because my retina is detached from my brain. It was, uh, when I got shot, um, the retina goes down like that. Mine was broken off and stopped there and nothing. So the doctor said it was, uh, was, um, you can't fix it. Mm. That was a hurtful situation for the family. Now, I met met a friend, he explained the situation about him taking shrooms one day and how he was overseeing his body in the room. And I was like, wait a minute. This is kind of what I experienced one day, like the same feelings you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> later on that day, I started looking up like how to lucid dream. And that was my first thing, lucid dream. And after researching lucid dreaming, I seen astral projection, like, oh, what's this? So that night, my first time trying is when I started experiencing it. I was like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to try to get to because I seen the lady, she said, you can heal yourself. And he was telling me, your people can heal themselves. Like, well, I'm going through so much pain every single day from, from here. The pain, um, basically, if I can explain it, if I had like a rubber band or something, 
Um, my jaw opens up. A regular upper band opens up like this. So my mouth opens up right. But because of all the surgery and the constriction here, double the rubber band up and try to pull it, that's how me talking, that's how it feels here. It's always constriction. And on rainy days, it's like triple, triple the rubber band and try to open it. Mm-hmm. That's being a regular. So I go through pain every single day. Then the eye part is a whole different ball game. It's like different nerve pain to pop up. So I went on a journey to like, yo, I'm, I'm, I hate taking medicine because when I was taking the medicine, you guys, I felt like I was dying. Deep down in my soul, I was like, I told my wife, I said, this medicine is killing me. I don't like taking medicine, but this medicine is making me worse than what I am. So I cut myself off completely, and I went on this journey. And I can honestly say there's been times where my eye, like I said, I closed my eye now, there's this, there was initially like a big black hole here. That black hole is shrunk mm-hmm. completely during this process and how I know it's been working because there'd be times where I'll be looking normal and there might be like a, a flare that comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell is that? But I feel like my my eye has been healing himself. So it's been, I've probably seen that flare maybe a hundred times over the years wow. where I'm just sitting there and just looking and then like a, a light flare just pops up and I'm like, it, it creeps me out. It makes my heart stop. I'm like, what is that? But then I feel like some type of sensation in my eye. I'm like, okay, maybe it's getting better. So through time at night, I would just practice. I would close my eye, close this eye, and just try to walk around the house and try to see. And now I can basically just about see good enough where it's not nowhere near as bad, but it has healed. It has helped mm-hmm. through meditation, through focusing on this. And I'll leave you here. The last thing, I was in here working in the basement. There was like, uh, there was this wire hanging. And I told him, Rod, he was here helping me. He said, so I close your eye and focus on that one spot so you can see it, so you can touch it. So imagine this bottle here. There's a bottle here. I close my eye. I'm like, okay, I know the the bottle disappeared completely. It's gone. But I was like, he said, try to focus on like you still see it. So if I focus on this bottle, even now, I'm starting to see like the outline of this bottle through different through different frequencies. And this is how I know this works. During that first week of me trying to ask project, I was in a, I was upstairs in a room and I was laying down, put some binaural beats on. This is what I was doing every single day trying to make it happen. This is mm-hmm. where all the experiences was happening. I was so eager, I was so mm-hmm. determined to make it happen. I became conscious somewhere in my old house. But I was looking through this eye. It didn't hit me until later on when I got up. I was like, I was like, what am I doing here? But I knew for a fact I was looking out of this eye. So I remember I was like, this eye is completely closed, but I could see things vividly, but it had like an orange tint to it. Hmm. I was like, what the what the hell am I at? Just looking around. I was like, what the hell? Next thing you know, I'm back in my body and I'm waking up. I was like, what was that? So my wife, I was like, wait a minute. I was looking through this eye somewhere else. That had to be actual Jackson or me teleporting, wherever that case may be, that had to be that. Hmm. And after that moment, my periphery for this eye, like even now, I can still see the computer screen right now. Mm-hmm. My periphery, that's why on the, on the bikes, I'm able to maneuver different because my, 
my senses changed. My eyesight, even though it's like, it's blurry and this black spot is here, it adjusted so much where I can now see way over here. And it's so weird how this stuff works. If I close my eyes now, I can, I can kind of see. If I focus, I can see the outline of the computer and like a white and pinkish line. So we can heal ourselves. I haven't focused on it in so long, but I know for a fact people can heal themselves away. Atun Ra, he healed himself through that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was explaining like, you gotta get him on here one day. He was explaining like how he did it. Mm-hmm. He said he could see his spine. And he would just do certain things and like he could only do and got his spine back in place. So I'm a firm believer that people can actually heal themselves and mm-hmm. the medicine that society has put on is like, same thing with like sleep paralysis. I tell somebody, the doctor, tell the doctor I got sleep paralysis. Or take some medicine and dumb you down. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's actually helping you get into a better place if you pay attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, I believe Sleep paralysis is scary. And um, just because it's not taught over here, right? Like, we live in such a naturalistic society that it's changing now. But there's always this idea that there's nothing beyond this physical body, right? So when it comes to sleep paralysis, they're like, well, it's just, it's just, you know, you know, hypnagogic hallucinations and, you know, stuff like hypnopopic hallucinations, all that other nonsense. And to a certain degree, I think there is some of that happening in sleep paralysis because the subconscious mind is, it's making things and it's doing things. But at the same time, you're tapping into part of the astral realm. And uh, I recently made a video on TikTok talking about it, but uh, the astral realm itself is like that white space that uh, Rob was talking about earlier. Uh, it's just that empty white room where you can call anything, only it's not white. Like it, there's substance to it, right? Um, and your mind makes a projection on that etheric matter and it creates things. This is where you get the idea of thought forms from. Like a thought form exists in the astral realm because lots of people think about it in the physical. So they're giving it form in the astral. That's why it would be there. So you'd see a city in the astral or you'd see a deity in the astral, right? Because people have conjured it and they've made it there as a solid form. So it's not just yours, it's other people's thoughts as well. Right, all of it coming together to create like a construct of this entity, right? Because we're all putting our information into it. Uh, so that's that's a thought form. And so like the astral realm works in that same way. So when you dream, your subconscious mind is using that etheric matter to create this dream scenario. That's why people say, or I say, uh, that lucid dreaming and astral projection are the same thing. They just happen in two different places. Mm-hmm. Like I, I give the analogy of the car all the time when people ask. It's like you're in a car. The car is the technique. It's the method. A lot of astral projection techniques are identical to lucid dreaming techniques. For instance, the wake-induced lucid dream or the wake-initiated lucid dream. It's you lay down, you meditate, you relax, and then you go straight into a lucid dream. From that, you don't fall asleep. That's mm-hmm. astral projection. Essentially, in astral projection, you sit still, let the body fall asleep, you do your technique, and then you astral project. You're driving the same car, the same modality. You're just going to a different place, right? So it's the same thing. And when you open your mind and see the bigger picture of the whole thing, what is astral projection? Astral projection is 
moving your awareness away from your physical body. I don't say moving your spirit, because if your spirit left, the body would have nothing to animate it. You'd die. You'd be dead. Right? That, like, removal of the spirit happens when you're, like, a near-death experience. Like, you, you're basically dying, and your spirit is leaving. Something like that. Um, but astral projection is moving your conscious awareness away from your physical body. Mm-hmm. And when you dream, where, where's your mind at? Where's your body at? When you dream, you're in a different place. So when you're lucid dreaming, you become aware that you're in a different place. What's the difference between astral projection? There's no difference. That's the, this has been the main struggle for the experiences that I've been through. When I realize that I'm dreaming or I realize I need to ask projecting, I just know I'm somewhere else. The last time this happened, I was somewhat calm enough. I was like, yo, I know what's going on. Don't get too excited. Where I was at least, say, in a dream, I was able to still be there within like 15 seconds, consciously knowing what's going on. And then something happens where it's like, yo, all right, all right. My body's like, yo, you know too much. Get out of here. I'm back in my body. Mm -hmm. Now, these situations is always tough because even just now, I, um, before I left, I was I woke up earlier and I tried to ask project before I left the house, and I can feel my body breathing heavy. Just that breathing heavily felt like when I got shot. I was uh, when that situation happened, I ended up fast forwarding, fast forward like to me trying to save myself. I'm in the car and I'm looking at the moon with my son. The moon was the brightest I've ever seen it in my life. And it felt like it was getting closer to me. Like it was like here, then it's getting getting bigger and bigger. But during this process, I can feel my body breathing. Like I'm but I feel so peaceful where I I'm, I'm feeling my body breathing, but I'm not breathing at the same time. If that makes any sense. Same, kind of the same feeling I get when I'm trying to ask project. When you can feel your body breathing, but it's like you're so calm. Mm. Like you start to kind of detach. That process I went through this morning, and I'm like, all right, I'm in that process. Next thing you know, I'm in a dream. Like, where did I lose focus at? So I'm in a dream. As this dream happening, it's like I, I remember the whole dream. And I always say they're messages, but the fact that I'm, I struggle with being conscious enough to realize it's a dream. And to be like, all right, once you realize, it's like a lucid dream at this point, if you can realize, like, you're, you're dreaming and say something to yourself, you always say, look at your hands or do something with your hands. None of them things ever come about to me. I just always go through the experience and try to figure out what's going on. But I don't try to figure it out in the dream. It always happens after. It, it's, it's always so weird to me because I haven't had a dream that's peaceful in eight to nine years hmm. all my dreams are missions they're they're telling me something I'm supposed to be doing something I'm seeing people like I'm always having people like there's a lot of famous people that I'm always dreaming about like people are some of them are my posts but these dreams that I have this may sound weird to like I said this to my, uh, my friend once there's one person who's a rapper right now that I've had dreams where Something that they'll post on Twitter, like they may say they they went to dinner or something, 
right? Mm-hmm. They went to dinner, they had these certain clothes on, and they're with these certain people. I'll have a dream the night before they'll post that. And my dream will actually be like actually, actually be in the body of somebody that's there during that dinner, looking at the people I'm talking about. And experiences are happening. I'm like, why am I here? But it's like I'm experiencing something that happened in real time before it happened. And then the next day, they'll post the same as that clothes. Something will happen behind the scenes where like, I know what happened because I was there. I seen why this happened. And then a picture will come up from somebody else that's close to this person. I'm like, I know what happened. I was there. How do I know this? I was in a dream that I was literally there experiencing what the conversations were, what was going on. And it'll always be confirmed a day or two later. And this happened six times over the past year. Like, this is, what is this called? This teleporting? I know it's not, this is, I don't know if it was you, or maybe Ryan Cropper had said he experienced like being in somebody else's body. Oh, Mr. Cropper. Yeah. So I'm like, so maybe it was him. Mm-hmm. But it was like this experience, I never understood like what that was or how do you, I don't even, I don't, honestly, I don't want to do that again. Like I was really in someone else's body. Like this is, this is weird. But yeah. it's like it gave me a lot of information on the time where I understood things that people didn't understand. And still to this day, those famous people, I would go text and comment like, "Yo, you good?" Or I would say certain things to him that would help him that he wouldn't know that I knew. But the things that I said to him would, you could tell that it resonated because of how he would respond. Mm. In my mind, like into. My intuition is like, yo, this was needed. This had needed to be said at this moment because this happened. Mm-hmm. And it'll always be confirmed in whatever I saw in that dream. Because again, it happened two days late, two days after I had the dream. This mm-hmm. a lot of weird things that happens I've been meditating. A lot of weird things. I've been enjoying that That's the key, man. Like meditation is the key. That's so interesting. Like uh, it, to me it, it sounds like boundary disillusionments or moving away from or you're moving into an area that's like a, a non-duality sort of understanding of reality because we, we're all one technically yeah. and uh oh so cool i saw a video the other day that described it uh and he had a string right he just had one string and he tied two knots in that string to where there were loops on the string right and he was like this is me and this is you and we're experiencing individual like lives right now but we all come from the same string and then he pulled the string and the loops went away and we'll return to the string like we come from this localized consciousness this infinite consciousness we're just little blips in the consciousness we're all one we're all connected to the same thing yes we have individual lives and experiences like i don't know your life i, I don't have your mind yeah but we come from the same source so mm-hmm you can tap into that source and in that source is all information because again, the source is the string. So if you can go to the string, like I assume you did there and you're experiencing this other person's life in a dream, which would then mean that you were projecting or accessing this area outside of yourself to see this person. Like that, that's where you get all that information from. And, uh, I think I've had an experience like that. Uh, uh, this is why I don't smoke because it's too much for this brain. <laughs> and you've probably heard those stories on the channel. Uh, yeah. It's just too much for this brain. I, I can't, 
my body is just like nah. See, I <laughs> do know? it just about every day because originally, uh, when I stopped taking the medicine, I started smoking because it helped with this. Mm-hmm. I spent two k with my friends, and you like yo, just smoke. And I got in tears because I was like, yo, my face feels normal again. So I was like, no more pills for me. I'm smoking for now. So I would smoke lightly, lightly, lightly down. It's like every day. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just like the feeling of it just feels like I'm more connected. I'm able to still operate without having to worry about this. Even though I know in my mind, if I just tell myself, hey, don't no, focus, use this pain for something else. It's not pain. Pain right now is just an illusion to me moments it works mm. but some days it's like yo i don't feel like saying that to myself today this is giving me something else so i can just focus yeah and it takes a lot of energy I mean, right now my pain level is probably at like a seven Jeez. my seven to me is probably a 14 to you so if, if i'm at a 10 it's like i don't know how i'm going to stay confident because i'm in a lot of effing pain but mm. it has taught me so much because Life has equipped me to deal with a lot of pain that others wouldn't be able to fathom, wouldn't be able to go through. And this pain has allowed me to step into these hood environments and to understand the things that they've been through because I've been through them. And also be able to take this pain and use it to them. I'm like, yo, what are you, what are you crying for? I wouldn't step into my body for two seconds. It wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. So the things you're going through right now, it's okay. I'm able to use the things I'm going through to help navigate them to a better life. It's uh, my experiences. I'm I'm definitely grateful for what happened because, again, I believe that the universe has equipped me to to, to deal with a lot of things that people wouldn't be able to go through, and for me to go through this, it's it's preparing me for something greater. And I say that again because um, I didn't say it the first time. I believe that everything is preparing me for something greater because I wanted to go meditate a few times. I wanted to meet my spirit guides. And once I was out back in the yard, well, y'all back is down. I'm meditating. I can see. I never spoken this out loud to the day. Um, I never started. I've spoken it on a Facebook uh, post, the Ask Projection group. But I saw, I look at it as my, my next door neighbor. She was like my grandma. I called her Miss Dot, right? I swear I see her as a silhouette and she was talking to me like you're not ready yet. You have a lot to do here. Focus. And as that's happened, I'm done meditating. I'm back in the backyard. I was like, oh shit. Like, I went somewhere. I seen something. But the message that was happening, I was like, what is life preparing me for? What am I supposed to be doing? You come about. I'm learning things from you. Learning things from Mikey. Learning things from Matoon. Um, is going through a whole different experience of life and it's making me see things from a whole different perspective. Like, mm-hmm. you have a huge purpose here. You're going to go through a lot that many won't be able to go through. But be grateful and be, try to use what you're going through. Try to stay positive possible, positive as possible and um, figure out what life is trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. Like I told you today it was a tough day this morning, but I'm still able to... S- Step back and observe what's going on. Step back and observe instead of being in those emotions. I think I learned this from you from one of your videos. It was like, uh, you can step out of your emotions for a second. Just observe. Without emotion, you can Mm -hmm. see and 
take in what life is teaching. And there's always some deep lessons there, but it takes a lot of strength to be in a situation and not get mad, not get upset, but just observe. It takes a lot of strength to get there. And a lot of people, everybody I know is not capable right now of handling things the way I handle them. It's like they they let their emotions take over and they get so angry so quickly. And I can speak to them like, yo, listen, take your emotions out. Just observe the people around. Observe what's being going on. Ask yourself questions. You can get so many different lessons that life is teaching you. Mm-hmm. But you have to take yourself out of the emotions first. Yeah. And observe. It's it's a process, but if I didn't go on this journey of trying to figure out what's meditating, trying to ask for that, I wouldn't be at this place. You know? So mm. it's deep. I feel that. I feel that for sure. The um just the importance of being able to see your emotions from an outside view. I remember my mentor taught me that a long time ago. Uh, I still call him my mentor, but that's not the relationship we have anymore. <laughs> but, uh, he, well, there's a version of him that is still my mentor and a version of me that is still his, his student in time. It's still happening right now and will happen forever. <laughs> so it's still, it's still happening there. But uh, he, he taught me just to, when you're angry, or when something triggers you and you notice it, just pull yourself back from it and ask, like, why is this bothering you? And I recently heard someone um, just say, uh, they, they explained it, I think it was like a, a Buddhist monk, he explained it and, uh, with an acronym called RAIN. Basically just recognize that you're feeling a certain way, uh, accept it, and then uh, like investigate why you feel that way. And then uh, non-attachment, right? So it's like, okay, I, I recognize that something's happening to me, that I'm angry. Uh, I accept that emotion of anger because all emotions are good. Like, you, it's fine to accept that. It's when we deny those emotions that they take over us, and you know, that imbalance. So it's like, oh, I accept that I'm sad. I'm okay being sad. It's fine. I'm sad. Acknowledge it. And then you investigate it. What's making me sad? understand it and then after you've understood it don't attach to it like i'm not this sadness right you understand and i always try to always say sometimes i wish everybody had this mindset but that wouldn't make the world i think everybody needs to go through their own journey and the right not the right people would certain people will have a different a better understanding to help others go through their situations um, what you just said, always, um, I tell a lot of my close friends, I said, life is, when you're going through this journey of life, it's like you're carrying a big bucket on your back, right? This big bucket on your back, as you're walking through life, you're going to go through different situations. You want to get to a journey. So you're going on one path to get here, to there. This bucket is on your back. You're going to go through different situations where these different entities are on the side of each of this trail in the street you're walking on. You may go through hurt. This entity is hurt. It's going to pour all different types of things on, your, on, on that bucket that you don't know that's there. It's going to pour these emotions on your back. If you don't recognize it, don't face it head on, this bucket is going to get heavy full of that hurt. While you're still walking on your path, you got now you got anger coming in. Anger is going to be like, hey, let me pour some more on your back. 
now you're walking, you're struggling. Next thing you know, you see sadness pour on your back. At some point, you're going to crumble. You're going to fall. It's too heavy for you. That's when it bottles up. And some people, they don't get a chance to refill that bucket. They don't get a chance to because either jail happened, he'll probably get killed, you'll probably snapped out on somebody and cause a whole different ripple effect. Or you just broke down and just cried. Next thing you know, you get these. You got, you was blessed enough to be able to, your bucket fell open. It spilled on the ground. Now you're up again. Your fresh bucket. You're still able to walk. When I tell people, if you didn't have enough awareness of local situations, like you just said, and when you walk in the life, you're going to see sadness sometimes. You face it. Hey, sadness. All right. I know you're about to pour something on my, on my, on my, on my bucket. Take the bucket off. Let them pour it in. And when you're done, dip it up, put it back on. You keep walking. Mm-hmm. And you go through that with everything, every single emotion that you're able to carry life without all this baggage on your back, all this all this luggage, all this, all that weight on your shoulders because you've seen each and that you are aware of each and every entity pouring things in, in on your back to kind of stop you from getting to your destination. Again, it's like a game. Like you say, if you knew every part of the game that was, every level of the game's gonna mix, it wouldn't be no fun. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just how I look at life, you know. That's excellent. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. That's that's very good. I like that. You got to face it head on, you know. Take the yeah. bucket off, pour it yeah. in, pour it out, yeah. and put your bucket back on, right? Yeah. I looked yeah. at it. Some, I got to a place where this bucket. Sometimes I realized just putting it in front of our faces is like, nah, that's not enough. Sometimes you have to trick them. You have to just somehow build this some type of a, a hole that's already in the bucket. You press here. You keep walking. Boy, pour it in. You don't know that, that you don't know that I know you poured it in the bucket, mm-hmm. but you also don't know that this bucket has a giant hole and it's going to leak out so you pour it. Right. I'm gonna let it go anyway. <laughs> I'm not attached to it anyway. That's that's excellent. Yeah, that's excellent for sure. Is that, that's what that's what a lot of people need. I mean, me especially is just that that mindset of non-attachment. I've been trying to incorporate that into my life in every aspect, like business ventures, uh, like new pursuits that I'm going down, uh, my expectations for other people. Just oh God, it's just another thing I learned recently. It's just so interesting. Is that in order? In order for you to manifest something, you know, you you want something and you want it so much. And that thing doesn't come to you because you want it so much. Because you're focusing on the lack of that thing. And so you're keeping it away from you because you're focusing on like, I don't have it now, I want it. And it's only until you remove yourself from the need for it. A non-attachment. You just, I don't need it. I'm not that thing anymore. That's when it comes to you. How many times have you heard people say, when I stopped looking for love, I found it? That's exactly it. <laughs> when, when I stopped looking, then it came to me. It's like the craziest thing. It's like why the game works like that. And in the video that I saw this in, the guy was like, he had explained all that. And he was like, like, what's the point of even wanting anything? And he was like, oh, <laughs> that's the point. It, ah. like, that's the Buddhist concept. Is like attachment is a point of suffering. And so when you're not attached to anything and you want for nothing, you're light, right? Like you realize that, oh, and I, I got to break this down because this is super cool too. So there's, there are three main reasons why people do anything. The main motivators. 
And uh, you'd say in our society right now, people want money. Uh, people want purpose, right? They, they want a good job and people want a relationship. Well, why do people want those things? You want money for freedom. You want the good job or career so you have a sense of purpose and duty. You feel like you're here for a reason. And you want that relationship so you can feel love. But those three things, freedom, love, and purpose exist within you already. Exactly. Like you already have those things. And so with the idea of non-attachment, when you constantly want after those things, you're keeping it away from yourself because you're denying the thing that is already in you. So when you sit and meditate, and you get quiet, that's when you allow the universe to pour into that bucket. This like that's the, church. right. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and, nice and that's, <laughs> that's the best part about it is that at any moment you can sit down and just, I'm just going to sit here and just meditate for a moment. And when I say meditate, it's really not that complicated. Like I was saying earlier, first you contemplate it. You, you concentrate your mind on a single thought. And when you can concentrate your mind, then you move on to like a higher stage of meditation. Concentrating your mind is hard. Like yeah, it's, it's it difficult is. to get there because yeah. your mind will pop off. Try to think about any one thing for any amount of time and the mind will just bounce everywhere. But when you can do that, you're one step closer to no thought. And that's Samadhi. Samadhi is that place of enlightenment. No thought, no, no identity, no ego. And that's when you experience that, like, that field of, of source consciousness, that, that feeling of being one with everything, that boundary disillusionment. This is, uh, for people like myself, this is very extremely complicated. My mind moves a hundred times a minute. Ideas flow left and right. Like again, I said, I haven't had a, a peaceful dream in years. Mm. It's always a mission. Something's going on. When I wake up, it's always a mission every day. What I got to do, I do. So when I go try to quiet my mind, it's like, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. So I try to focus on breathing. Then I'm so, my mind is creative. So I try to think of ways to try to beat the system. Like, all right, maybe I do something. I don't have to breathe. I may have to do something else. Mm. Maybe I can just focus on this part. Maybe I can just focus on my heartbeat. It's like my mind will not stay still. It's very complicated. It's how my mind works. I'm creative. My mind always moves. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. It's like a gift and a curse for me. All right. But. Yeah, I, I, I talked I, to somebody recently uh, who who said, like, how, how do you quiet your mind when you've got ADHD? And I was like, that's a good question because your mind is all over the place. And from my experience, because my mind is like, it's all over the place all the time. Um having ADHD or having a mind that's super active just means that you're incredibly creative and your mind is always in the factory, just, just working, right? Your mind is always working. So instead of letting the mind bounce everywhere with ideas because it's hungry for something, it wants to create, create a way to meditate better. So I, I introduced to that uh, particular person, ask your mind how best to meditate for you because meditation isn't always just sitting in a quiet place not thinking about anything meditation can be anything like you said editing time feels like it doesn't exist you enter the flow state right so if you could ask your mind something and say so what's the best way to meditate for me and then just let the monkeys go to work and figure out what what's going to be the best thing for you 
there are people, and this is the funniest thing, if you've ever heard of Ram Dass, and you know, Ram Dass is talking about, you know, exploring the multiverse and, you know, being one with uh, the Godhead and all this other stuff through meditation. And in one of his lectures, there's this old lady and like she's knitting or, you know, or she's just sitting like watching him. And uh, and she says, I experience exactly what you just described when I'm knitting. That, wow. That's God to me. Like, that's the experience. It's like it, whatever brings you into a space of connection with source or love or that infinite that's meditation for you and the reason why ADHD, uh, adhd people don't do well in school is because they're being forced into a position yeah. that it, it doesn't work like my mind don't work like that but it has to you know that's the school system when instead if they were doing something else they'd be in it like that's the the flow state they'd be there and so like for me, meditation sometimes is running. Um, for me, sometimes it's just looking out at scenery. I notice. Did you make a video on that? Were you, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I watched it. You were running. You go to a meditative state while running. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I tried that. I tried it, and it kind of creeped me out. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I believe I tried so many different methods that you put out in other people that I've experienced at least a bit of everything. And the things that I found out that works for me, it worked once, and I never went back to it. Except when it's playing music. And using these lights, right? These lights up here. Like right now, it's, even though it's a blue light, I've learned something about... Uh, I've learned when you ask project something about uh, REM, rapid eye movement, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, rapid eye movement. I'm like, I know what that feels like because I've experienced it. I'm like, oh, how can I do that while I'm consciously awake? So one day at night, these lights, even though it's blue, if you move fast enough back between each one, you can start seeing different colors in it. So I start practicing looking at the lights like I'm right here, trying to make my eyes move really rapidly. And it triggers something within me. So if I close my eyes, my eyes are already in a rapid eye movement. And I can feel my body going to a, like a, it feels like my body is shaking. So I was like, wow, this works. I've done that three times and we never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Another time the situation happened while I'm playing a certain, my cousin is a really good producer. And there's this one track he plays, or I plays. I put music on, I just vibe out to it. And I'm like, one day I just close my eyes. I'm like, let's, let's see where it takes you. I listen to music and I always love to listen to the producer to figure out what they were trying to convey in their music. And if I close my eyes, where does that music take me creatively? There's one track. I'll play it. I'll sit down. I'll turn the music up. I might play it one time. And immediately, within a minute of listening to it, my eyes moving quickly. My body's moving. And it's like, wow, I really enjoy this. But then I always turn away from it. It goes off. I was like, all right, it's cut it off. I got to a point where I put it in my, my playlist and just looped it. I would try to ask project to I realize it actually helps. But then when I actually try, nothing happens. But when I'm just listening to my vibe, just listening and listening, I can feel my body go somewhere else. This is, this is when I experienced, uh, get down, bro. Thank you. Um, even him, there's a lot of stories with my dog as well. Like a lot of spiritual stories with him. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm playing the music, close my eyes and, you know that little tunnels that you see? Uh, mm-hmm. 
I can move these and see tunnels people go through. I experienced that once where it was a red, blue, like purplish tunnel that I'm going through. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. And I was like, oh, snap, I know what I'm doing. Back to normal. <laughs> Every single time. And it, it became so frustrating that I kind of stopped because it's like I fell. Well, I fell. I look at it now, it's not fell. I didn't fell anything. I learned something every single step of the process. It, it can get very frustrating. I know that for, for a fact. I, I've been trying to work on these uh, these clairvoyant abilities that have been uh, coming up. Uh, to explain, I, I can sit and meditate for a moment, maybe five, maybe ten minutes, and I'll start to see images and I'll start to be in other places. And uh, the hard part is staying there, like you described. When you think like, oh, I'm doing it, and then you're back. For me, it's like I'll meditate and I'll see a bridge, and I'll be walking on the bridge, and I'll be like, all right, we're doing this. Here we go. And then I'm back in the body. I'm like, damn. It's like, it's like learning to stay out is, is an interesting concept uh, because you snap back. The moment you start to allow the conscious mind to, okay, where am I? Like, am I in this place? Is this me? Like, the moment you start, like, trying to grab hold of that experience, you get pulled back. And so I've noticed that when I go into the experience and I try my hardest to just relax into it, just let it happen, that's when the visions will last longer. Um and so, like, I, I found that to be really interesting. And one thing that I feel like is, is most important when it comes to astral projection or uh, really even, like, psychic abilities is, like, the imagination. The imagination is the muscle of the mind. It is where all this stuff happens. I know a lot of people now, and I've been blessed to meet a lot of interesting people who have some damn crazy abilities. Um I was speaking to, uh, uh, she was on the podcast, Alia. I was speaking to her the other day and, uh, just her ability to see, she was like, it's like an HD screen when I close my eyes and I'm just watching movies. And it's, I was like, my God. And it's like, but that's the, when you build your imagination up, it's like being in the gym, you're lifting weights and you're getting stronger to the point where when you're ready to go, you're lifting three, four plates. Like I'm, I'm in it. Like, you know, you're, you're strong. And when you begin to focus more on the imagination, you're tapping more into that subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is what helps you link to those higher realities. And one good way to practice astral projection is just realizing that you're already doing it. The hard thing for people starting out or people who've been trying for a long time to realize is that you are astral projecting. You're just denying your progress. People think they can go from never done it to fully doing it, just just like that. Some people get that, but not everybody. Yeah. It's better to take steps up the ladder, like like that post that you put on yeah, Instagram. Exactly. See, you can see, I'm already here. You're already there. See, like oh, that post God. you put on Instagram. It's changed my life. Homie is like the ladder is huge, and he can't even reach the first rung, and the other guy is like baby steps on the ladder, and he's already at the top. Mike, what I want you to do, and it's like I probably already mentioned it to you. I, I, I uh, sent you that book, I think, uh, Astral Projection, like naturally and uh, e- quickly and easily, OBE or something. 
um, by a guy named John uh, John Kreider. I think I, I want to have him on the podcast. He's super knowledgeable dude. Uh, wrote a, wrote a lot of books now about alchemy, but using your imagination and just growing in your ability to imagine. It may take a month. It may take two. But if you sit on the couch and you imagine yourself, just like a fun little game, if you just imagine yourself in another room of your house in as much detail as you can, looking at your body and all that, one day you're going to project to that room and you will actually be there. Because you have built your imagination strong enough to where you can move your awareness to that new place. Because when you daydream, oh, this makes sense. your mind is somewhere else when you daydream. Right, this this makes complete sense. You you I just need to it. learn to to control that movement. Is when people daydream, they're gone. Like they're seeing something, they're somewhere else. The only difference is I, I like to describe it like a, a dial on a radio. Like we're right now, me and you are talking, and I've described it before, but we're we're on the home frequency. This is yeah. base level frequency, and as you turn the dial more and more, you start to reach that astral frequency. Right. And sometimes you're half in, half out. Sometimes you're like right in the middle and it's fuzzy. Right. You can't really feel your body and you're kind of seeing astral stuff, but it's like it's fuzzy. And so you're doing it. You're just denying the progress. It's just like I can only lift like 135 on bench. I'll never get to three plates like I'm not doing it, I guess. But you're doing it. Right. You're, you're denying your progress and you're preventing yourself from growing. And so you're doing it. You just got to continue to grow. And I promise you, that's how I develop my ability to see and to project. I believe I needed to hear that because I kind of not lost, lost hope. I still try every night, but I don't try as much as I did in the beginning. Because I'm like, I fell so many, I fell. I've been places unconsciously so many times. It's like, I didn't, that simple thing you're already progressing mm-hmm. you're just denying it um well, think about when you started and you and you weren't going anywhere accidentally yeah. right you know it's I've, I've used the piano method that was probably the awakening of me because of the things i experienced I'm like all right go to sleep keep like act like act like i'm playing the piano on my mm-hmm. fingers slowly as i'm going to sleep after a while there's no move i felt like i'm playing the piano without my fingers moving and my body's falling asleep. I'm feeling the energy into my hands. I was like, what is going on here? Like, what is this? And I'm feeling the parts of my body. Feeling, I'm like, wow. So this stuff is real. I haven't done that since, since the first week. But I knew that was one of the most effective techniques. Mm-hmm. After that, when you said uh, imagining, using the imagination, I know this works because the first three months, I kept trying to ask projecting in the room upstairs in their defense. I would always look at the fan first. I would see the fan nonstop. So then when I would go meditate, like actually outside or at the beach, something like that, it would take me back to the room looking at the fan. Meditate. I'm like, oh, so why am I here? I'm like, what are you doing? Hey, look up. I'm like, wow, I was doing it. So imagination helped. Like, mm-hmm. If I'm consistently doing the same thing or imagining the same thing, eventually it'll come about. Um, That's what... That's the the hardest thing to realize is that, and our society goes against it, but everything you need is already within you. I said all everything. The time. I'm crazy. And uh, it's it, but it's hard to realize that though until you just get quiet for a moment and experience it. 
you know. Well, my friend, she's going through uh, a lot of anxiety. I told her, I was like, just tell yourself, you don't have anxiety. I'm like, who put that bug in your ear that you have anxiety problems? Hmm. Always look at the doctors telling you that with anxiety, you, you, you're thinking of something that didn't happen yet. You're allowing fear of something in the future prevent you from doing something that you love. I'm like, this simple technique of telling yourself, I don't have anxiety. I'm powerful. Tell yourself, I'm in control. Like, or That's a tricky question, Frank Fast, because I always say, I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm doing this. But then I've seen someone else say, like, yeah, you're really not in control. Hmm. Like, the universe is going to move out, so I move anyway. It's already written. So I was like, well, what is this concept? Hmm. This is when that's the, the deep question I couldn't, like, how do you answer this? I, I got something that'll freak you out. <laughs> Think of the universe like a river, right? And you gain control of the river when you're like kayaking, you're in a boat. You don't fight against the river. You just go with the flow. You you let go and you just go with the flow. The the interesting thing about these abilities and these gifts and like just the universe in general is that you gain control by giving up control. That's the crazy thing. Just like non-attachment. You get it when you no longer want it. But when you let go of it, I remember Jesus said this in the Bible. It says, uh, the one who gives freely, to him everything will be given. It's like, you don't care. It's like, you can have it all and then more will be given to you. And and so it's an interesting concept, but like, it doesn't make sense, but not everything has to. It makes perfect sense to me. Mm. This has been my life for the past eight, ten years. This whole cultural bikes, nobody pays me for this. I do it because I love it. I love to see these people succeed. And I want to paint the picture kind of because I see how the media and how the world operates. It's like I'm a counterbalance to it. I see what you guys are painting these guys as, and it's not that. And you guys are got, you, you paint the picture of the whole community that the world sees differently. I'm just going to do things out of love. I'm going to make sure that every single one of these people get put in a, in a better limelight. All for genuine love. I'm giving, 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 but mm-hmm. giving so much is almost caused my family to go down a, to go down a drain because I'm giving so much genuinely that people around me look at, uh, oh, you gotta make money. It's not like I don't care for money. Mm-hmm. I hate that the world. I don't hate. I don't use that word. Yeah. I dislike that the world. I dislike that the world runs by money, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't move on that way. Money does not move me. So for me to keep giving, 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 at times it's like. Make it frustrating, but I was like, the feeling that this creates is no amount of money, no feeling in the world can create this love that I have for these people and that how it's going to help them. And as I'm giving so much, more things come back to me naturally. I never have to worry about anything because I give freely mm-hmm. and I, I trust in the universe and the world that much. Like, things will come back to you, and they always do. It's, it's, it's been an awesome, I don't work. I haven't worked. I was a bridge inspector before I picked up a camera. I was making over $100,000 a year at 21, 22. I stopped that to pick up a camera and just basically start from nothing. I was giving so much for free. I don't regret it. I love it. Like, it got me here to this point. Yeah. You know what we need to do now? Movies. I've I've had this. Yes. Yes, definitely. But I've had this this ambition, this this like calling, this this ache in my heart for several years now since I started 
uh, since before I started YouTube. Um, I remember having a conversation with a buddy of mine back in the day, and I was like, what I really want to do is travel, go to these places of spiritual, just like like attunement, these places where people are, are said to have experienced a lot of interesting things, where I want to go where it's happening and film that and interview those people and make a documentary about that. I feel like that would be, God, that's just like, that's where my heart is. That's awesome. You know, just to think, to go to like the different, like monasteries and shrines in Chicago, even, or to go to, I mean, the Himalayas is just an idea, but like just that idea, just, just going to India in general and finding these different shrines and these temples and just going there and inundating myself in that society for a few weeks just to be like this is what it's like and make a documentary about that put it on youtube put it on amazon wherever but like that i feel like would be awesome just to give people that first-hand experience have you ever experienced ayahuasca i haven't no they have a few retreats in like florida um but i wanted to go to one in uh in uh, india indonesia mm-hmm. one of them but I was like, I would love to go somewhere like that and experience the ayahuasca experience like a, a good week. And I want to document that as well. That would be awesome. Like an ayahuasca retreat? It's, yeah. That'd be something else. So many spiritual things that's going on in the world. And you look at like the monks, you look at uh, all these different religions and how they move. I always say they always connect with like the same, but just told differently. But to go in these places and experience like how they how they live their lives, it uh, puts them a different, different perspective of life. And I would love to just document that stuff as well. So whenever you go to these places, you let me know. We can set the time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, man. Hey, we'll coordinate it, man. I'm telling you, that's is that's the, the dream. That's the move, dream man. right now. Yeah, that's that's the move, man. Definitely. Just uh, and like I'm I'm blessed to, like have this free time. Like I don't currently like clock in at a job somewhere. Um, I'm not saying I've got like any great amount of money, <laughs> but it's like that's a decision you make for stuff like this. You know, yeah. uh, meeting with people. I have somebody in a little bit uh, for one of those sessions I was telling you about, like channeling and things like that. Because uh, I'm doing that now. Um, I'll get there soon. No, definitely, man. And and shoot, if you're if you're down and it's possible, like we'll we'll definitely start hitting up some places and just documenting the experience because that's like to me is like there's so much life in that pursuit. It's it's crazy. Just the idea, let's go on this adventure, film us getting there, but then film us there and learning from these mystics and like seeing what they have to say, what they're experiencing and bringing that back. Crazy. I believe when you people like yourself go to these places and you learn and absorb as much knowledge as you can, you become a sponge. That the information that you are going to receive at that moment on that experience, the people that are connected to you really get a chance to absorb what you learn and their lives get a chance to be changed for the better because of the situation that you've been through. Hmm. It's like I really feel like there are certain people in this world that have been given these abilities and given these ideas to do because it's needed. Like, the whole community I'm around is like community. There isn't, 
I don't think there's nobody as positive as I am that can look at different situations in the community. But I'm able to do it because I know you guys need, mm. the culture needs something different. So I'm going through my experiences while being in the middle of the trenches, all the hoods, stuff like that. But I'm here with a different light on me because I've experienced differently and I'm able to point out all the, the issues that's going on now. I'm able to, like, to kind of put a lot of fire, I put a lot of fires out mm. over the years. I'm able to see things as they are and able to stop the culture from going way worse than what it is. But more people like yourself, you have a whole community behind you. You may not even recognize it. So if you go on these different journeys and adventures and things you learn, the more you come back and speak to us about it, it helps us tremendously. No matter how many views you get, you're changing a lot of people's lives by just being yourself. So I always try to tell you, like, never, don't feel ever feel discouraged because everything you put out is helping us in a lot of people, a lot of ways. Like, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, but I didn't watch every single one of your videos. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm able to help a whole community because of the things I've learned from you and a few others. So you're, you're walking your purpose and you're really helping a lot of people. You, you may not even realize it. So you don't I see, it. I see. I'm sorry we gotta we gotta cut short. Like I said, I got a session after this, you know, scheduling <laughs> and all that other business. Man, it has been a blast, honestly. Yeah, it's been a blast. Time flies, like you said. It's one o'clock <laughs> when, you, when you're really it's, in it's crazy. it. Time it's crazy. flies. Um definitely gonna have to have you on again in the future. Um shoot, I may take a trip out that way and document that and see about this you know, this biker life myself. Never been on a bike, but you're you know. in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, three people from Chicago, been wanting me to come out there for like the past two years. They just hit me up last week, so I might make that trip. Well, now there's four, so come on down. Let's <laughs> let's tear up the town, man. Tear up the town hey, for well, sure, man. We talk again, man. I appreciate the time. Definitely. Hey, and why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the viewers and the people watching. Uh, basically what you're doing, uh, what projects you have going on, what things that they can get uh, engaged in with you, where they can find you, stuff like that. All right. So, again, my name is Mr. Business. That's M-R-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. There's a lot of bike footage that you guys may not be acquainted with, but it's more than just the bikes. Um, There's a couple other projects that I'm working on right now that's actually mixing cultures. Um, If you look at my page, I've named something called Created to Create. I believe we are all here to create. We're created to create. So anything I see recently, I'm trying to make movies of from anything that you may do. I may take and make something of it. I might create. I may see something from Instagram and create something for it. And I'll take these creations and make a movie out of it and put different messages in them to help not only that community, but help the world as a whole. So you can follow me on Mr. Business Instagram, M-R-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S, or you can go on my YouTube and see whatever I create on there. It may be movies, maybe different talk shows. Anything that you may see is more than just bikes. Maybe something just regular movies, something spiritual, whatever it may be. There is a, there is no box for me to be. Mm. There are no limits. So you follow my page, whatever you may watch, it should benefit you in some type of way, in ways you may not even recognize. So, 
feel free. Mr. Business Productions on YouTube, Instagram, Mr. Business. And um, feel free to follow and just enjoy the journey with me. Excellent. Well done. Well done as always. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, check him out, guys. He, he's made a lot of stuff. Really great friend of mine. Uh, show him some support. Show him some love. If you guys are listening and uh, watching from YouTube, I appreciate you so much. And uh, that's going to do it for this podcast episode, guys. Thank you again so much for tuning in. It means the world to me that you guys come and listen. Um, I like to provide a space for us to talk about all these crazy, weird occurrences that happen to us in this you know, 3D reality that we live in. Um, if you guys are interested in... Uh, receiving a hypnosis session a guided astral projection session from me uh please reach out to me the link will be in the description to this video i'd be happy to work with you in that and connect you with your spirit guide your higher self some of those things um and also you can listen to this podcast if you go to spotify.com under the Astromind podcast you can find it there link's going to be in the description as well if you guys have any comments Anything that you want to see in particular, put that in the comment section below. You already know. Um, and again, I love you guys. And as always, never stop adventuring. Classic. One take drink. One take.